Welcome to Profit First Nation, the official podcast for entrepreneurs who are operating their businesses in the zone of permanent profitability. I'm Mike Michalowicz, the author of Profit First, and now here's your Profit First Nation guide, Daniel Mulvey. Welcome to Profit First Nation, the podcast for the top 17% of entrepreneurs with cash in the bank to correlate to their profitability. Profit First Nation is the podcast for intelligent entrepreneurs who have taken ownership of their financials and leverage Profit First as a cash management system to make their businesses permanently profitable. I am Danielle Mulvey, an expert at guiding entrepreneurs on owning their financials in as little as 11 minutes per day and doing Profit First right. If you are a fan of Profit First and its author, Mike Michalowicz, you have found your tribe. We are a nation of successful entrepreneurs driven to be permanently profitable with a grit and a growth mindset that lets no obstacle stand in our way in pursuit of the three Ps, passion, profit, and play. On Profit First Nation, we dive into advanced Profit First strategies And we share the honest and authentic ups and downs of being a business owner. Today's episode is a Mike Michalowicz special edition. Yes, the world's most prolific author on entrepreneurship, the author of The Pumpkin Plan, Surge, Toilet Paper Entrepreneur, Clockwork, Fix This Next, and his newest book that will be coming out in the fall, Different is Better, Mike Michalowicz is in the house and we are diving into his email box again. So our first email starts with, hey, Mike, I just finished Profit First. It has been on my list to read for a while, just never got to it. I started reading it last week and completed all the steps to commit to profitability. Well, at least I told myself that. After reading the final few chapters, I realized I modified several steps in my personal profit management and felt it was justifiable. I am realizing now they're not. On page 165, you stated, the ultimate goal of Profit First Lifestyle is financial freedom, which I define as doing what you choose to do whenever you choose to do it. This clicked. In 2009, I was a college student at San Diego State University. My dad had a work accident and I had to stop my education and help him with his business that he definitely worked in, not on. That year, I set my life goal, freedom. Freedom was the short version to keep me motivated. It meant freedom to do whatever I want, whenever I want to do it. Sound familiar? I even got a sticker, freedom, and put it on the inside top of my windshield in my 2005 Honda Accord. Everywhere I went, I saw my goal in my face. 10 plus years later, I added another life goal, better. I've had difficulty staying focused on my life goals and accepting breaks in between successes. Again, I felt justified. Adopting better meant that no matter who I was or what I did yesterday, I needed to be at least 1% better today. I've climbed the corporate ladder, the first generation in my family to earn a master's degree, I've bought a few multifamily investment properties, bought my first home with my wife when we had our first child, realizing now it's too big, and I still don't have freedom. Profit First explained why. Thank you for that. I've been willing to adjust processes if I felt they were justified. 
I didn't send you an email after completing chapter one a week ago. I modified the number of accounts. Example, only one profit hold account, not the profit account. Mostly relying on my spreadsheet, not using the process fully for my account naming. Thanks for calling me out on that specifically. Originally, I didn't email because there's been so much time since you've published the book. I thought you'd never read my email out of tens of thousands of emails you've probably received. What's one more? The Profit First epilogue taught me the email wasn't for you. It was for me. Regardless, if you never read or respond to this email, I have to draw a line in the sand. I have to be willing to follow the facts and shoot granny style. I am committed to profitability, and I will do what it takes to once and for all become permanently profitable. I will follow every step. I will not cut any corners. I will only modify if new accounts are needed, as you detailed. As Claudio Santos from South Africa said, just following your instructions and doing what you said. Commit to the process when no one is watching and when the whole world is watching. I've been working on a new project for the past year, a food item rating system, not a restaurant rating system. I'm committed to implementing Profit First from day one. Thank you for sharing your Profit First insight, your great dad joke humor, and including the excuses you've made and you've heard others make along the way. Thank you, Mike, from Daniel V. This email just lights me up. You may have to take an extra breath now. This, it was such a long email. But when I first got this, Danielle, I uh, responded to Daniel via video immediately. I was like, dude, this is awesome. I think just the integrity in sharing that reading a system is not the same as doing a system. Doing a hybrid version compromises us. Yet we, I think it's, it's the natural propensity of us to feel that we're unique and that we therefore can apply something unique and special to us, yet it fails us. You know, Prop First, the book itself is the second version. It's the revised and expanded version. And the book, before I wrote that version, had already been implemented by tens of thousands, probably more than that, of people. So there was a lot of applicable case studies and feedback that had come in that further enhanced the system. So the revised and expanded version even further simplified Profit First, and it further drove home the, the elements you need to follow, the steps you need to do. You can't take these alternative paths or shortcuts, which ironically are not shortcuts. They belabor the point. So a couple of things I want to point out is um, the necessity to intercept the behavioral path. The example I've used before, and I'm sorry, Danielle, if this is a repeat, but when when I wanted to start working out and going to the gym, I found that I would follow the same quote-unquote shortcuts. I'd wake up, I'd rah-rah myself, but first I'd have some coffee and first, and I would never get to it. I try working out at night because, you know, that's who I am. And even though I heard the preaching that it's got to be the first thing in the morning and I couldn't do it, it's too tired at times. So what I did was I set up a behavioral intercept. This is now seven, going on eight years ago. I um, put my gym shoes on top of my toilet seat. So when I wake up in the morning and use the bathroom, I have to have gym shoes in my hands now. And that starts the momentum. I've actually not missed, I've done 250 plus workouts a year every single year, ever since implementing that. It's been my best adherence to it because I worked with my behavior. 
The other thing I want to point out is the the reference to the granny shot. Clearly, Daniel read the book. I talk about Rick Barry, and I think it's just so fascinating. Rick Barry was an NBA player who has one of the greatest free throw percentages of all time in the NBA. He's top one or two. And what he did was the granny shot, which is an underhand shot, which from day one in the schoolyard, if you're playing basketball, the other kids make fun of you if you do an underhand shot. We are programmed not to do it. Not because it doesn't work. Rick Barry points out is the most effective shot. But we don't do it because you can get made fun of. Now, in the NBA, if you look at the math, when people use an underhand shot, and it's a rarity, they are better free throw percentage shooters. There was um, Magic Johnson, one athlete, there's only one NBA player ever to score 100 points in a single game as an individual. Well, Chamberlain. Oh, Chamberlain, Chamberlain, yeah. He used an underhand shot. He reverted to an underhand shot. The funny thing is also about NBA is most games, I talk about this in the book, are won by, I think, like a six-point differential. So six points determines the winner or loser. If everyone did a granny shot, statistically, their percentage, their accuracy would improve by, say, 15% or something. It would bring in about eight more points per game, which means if everyone on the team does a granny shot, you're guaranteed the NBA championship. If the math plays out, why does anyone do it? Because it's embarrassing. It's not cool. That's not how other people do it. The social construct prevents us from doing it. And that's the challenge with Profit First, is this system works, but we have all of this backstory of how you should run a business and that spreadsheets are your friend and all these different things. That construct prevents us from doing the granny shot. But once you do it, then you start winning and you start seeing how effective it is, you'll stick with it for life. And that's why I hope it happens for Daniel. And, you know, I think the other thing that he's had these pieces just kind of floating around for a while, and it seemed like finishing the book, the pieces all sort of came together. And especially, I love that, you know, he had that bumper sticker in his, or sticker in a window of his car that said freedom, but it was like, what, now here 10 years later that reading the book, he's like, okay, wait a minute. What I want is is financial freedom. And I love how, you know, he loves how you define it. And I love how you define it. And I am so happy now that I have financial freedom too. And it's defined as doing what you choose to do whenever you choose to do it. Yes. Yeah, that you're the means to facilitate that. Yeah, and I'll tell you that that's the ultimate. There's two components of profit first that that really has touched me at an emotional level. First is financial freedom, as we, we defined it. Like I, when my wife and I or I or she decides to do something, we used to say, yeah, but can we afford it? And now it's like, yeah, do we really want this? Because we can afford it. it it's a great flip that you whatever you choose to do is available to you. Now the question is, do you really want it? Before it was like, can we even afford it? The other thing is just the financial security, that not having to worry where money's going to come tomorrow. If everything went cold, Private First has made such a, a reserve that I don't have worries for the the future. And, and maybe, maybe ultimately never. I, I never have a worry again. I don't know. But the fact that I've been afforded so much runway, the confidence uh, that I have, and the ability to make more prudent decisions where there's no rushed survival mode, it's, it's really being able to be thoughtful. It's, it's wonderful not being stressed <laughs> financially. Yeah, there are so many amazing byproducts of Profit First by putting Profit First and following the system not doing profit first ish, yeah. but following the rules and the proven process. So thank you for that, Mike. You want to take our next email? I would love to. Hi, Mike. Loving the book so far. Also listening to the podcast. I'm all in. That's all caps. 
Can't wait to get more info and to start implementing all of this. Years ago, I had a separate tax account. I was thinking of opening another one for expenses, but then I second-guessed myself. I thought that it was foolish. Ready to be permanently profitable and end this insanity. I run a custom wood gate fabrication company. Well, actually, it's, it owns me, Shannon. That's a funny close to the, funny meaning um, like sad funny, uh, close to it that the business owns me. My experience, Danielle, is, is that is the nature of most businesses that, that exist, is the business owns us because the financial insecurity, that constant check-to-check -check survival. We start to flip it, not by taking ourselves out of the business, not by hiring people, first by bringing about financial security and stability. And that then becomes the facilitator for extracting ourselves physically by bringing in employees. So I think the only time Shannon, I, I think with Shannon, once she implements profit first and she starts seeing the flip in the financials, when, when it's accumulating cash, she'll start feeling that release. The chains won't be around her anymore and, and she'll be able to expand the business the way she desires. Exactly. Because I mean, and, and this is common and this is normal. And you know, 83% of businesses are operating check to check. And, you know, you do feel a slave to your business when you are trying to just make payroll, trying to just get money in the door. But as soon as it comes in, it seems to be gone. And so again, profit first kind of helps you break from feeling like the business owns you and, and again, gives you that financial freedom. So Shannon, congratulations. You will be there sooner rather than later, thanks to Profit First. So the next email that came in, Danielle, says, Hi, Mike, just reading your book with which I had for a few months now, but a peer is trying to convince me that the only thing I need to become more profitable is spending more money which I don't have. So I thought it was the right time to go back to your book. I'm committed to profitability. Now do what it takes to once and for all become profitable. I'm a first time entrepreneur at 47. Happy to work on not operating check to check right away. Kind regards, Cecil. I, I don't like that it takes money to make money mentality whatsoever. And I'm not picking on that peer that said that. Like, Daniel, that's like so many people. It's actually, it's part of our colloquialisms. You know, it takes money to make money. You got to spend if you want to grow. You got to invest, plow back, push back. Oh my God, my, my throat's like tightening up right now just saying those words. Oh, it kills me. It's, it's the total opposite. What it takes to make money is offering someone a product or service that satisfies a need, that it's innovative, that it's unique, that serves them better than the alternatives. You know, it, it's business 101. It doesn't take money to make that. I think people say, oh, if I just run, you know, tons of Facebook ads, I'll make money. Or if I get more inventory, I'll make money. But th the reality is you need to run an integral and healthy business at any size. Money can become a facilitator of what's working. And that's the appropriate, I think, approach to growth is once I know a formula that works, if I do run Facebook ads, and they cost a dollar per ad, and I get $2 back, well, that may be a formula I want to amplify. And that's when I put money into it. But most people are skipping the steps of figuring out how to do it right and just putting money into anything. And that's the worst thing to do. So what Profit First does is it works with the growth of your organization because it's a percentage-based system that when you are low on revenue, you're already allocating money to a profit, but there isn't much left 
for operating expenses to experiment and play around with. You've got to get the fundamentals nailed. Then as revenue increases because you're doing the fundamentals right, more money flows to profit and more money flows to OpEx, which then you can use to amplify what's working. But it's also, you know, it's Parkinson's law. The, the lack of money brings about innovation. The lack of time brings about our ability to be better appreciators of how much time we have. And we become more efficient. Like the example, and I'm kind of jumping around a little bit, but like the example is like preparing for a test. Most people I say, I ask, I say, how good are you at, you know, cramming? And most people say, oh, that's when I'm best. Like I'm a, I'm a crammer. And we feel we're so unique because I can cram to study. But actually that's the best for most people because we've constrained time, there's less time, you have to move more efficiently and be more focused. When you have less money, you got to use the less money you have more efficiently and be more focused on driving results. So implementing profit first actually facilitates better growth. And only once you bring about consistent profitability and revenues increasing because you're more innovative and more focused, then more money will avail itself to invest in what's working. I need you to take the next email, if you don't mind, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm going to bastardize this. So it says, Necesito apoyo para hacer rentable. Rentable. Uh, mi negocio. Enviedo desde mi dispositivo movie. Movie. And this is Ignacio G. I apologize to anyone that speaks Spanish because I bastardized every single word, every single word there. Well, it, it says I need profit first and I commit to doing it from now on. At least that's my loose interpretation of it. You know, I can speak uh, restaurant Spanish pretty darn well until the Quente comes, which is the check. Then I, I seem to lose all of my Spanish ability. But you know why I wanted us to talk about this email is I get, I would say, 10% to 15% of the emails I get of people committing to Profit First are non-English speakers. And the majority are speaking Spanish. I get emails from Japan, Russia, he in Hebrew from Israel, like all over. But really the Spanish community has really embraced La Ganancia es Primero, which is profit first in Spanish, particularly Latin America. So it's just really cool to see this. I was down in, uh, I don't know if I ever told you this, I was down in Mexico, this is three years ago, two years ago, touring Mexico and Central America on uh, profit first. And I arrived and I remember coming off the airplane and uh, going in the car to the hotel, and a, a bus comes by. And I look at the billboard on the side of the bus. I'm like, oh, my God, I look just like that guy. And I'm like, oh, my God, that is me. Ah! That's me on a bus. I was on buses in promotion of Profit First. Wow. The, the community in Mexico has really embraced La Ganancias Primero. That's awesome. All right, our next email, another international email. Dear Mike, this is Jason O oh from... Guangdong, China. And I think it's a right time to write this email to you. I'm an entrepreneur of a new trading company selling pressure sensors since April 2020. I am 33 years old this year, but I have no experience operating a company. Although that, I am trying my best to make my company better. In fact, things are not going as I think they should. It took me more and more money for purchasing products and marketing. The spending is eating all of my profits so quickly, and I have lost my motivation in the last few months. I think I need help and guidance from others, and then I read your book, Profit First. It has let me believe that it is the right time to change from before, 
So that's why I plucked up the courage to write this email. And I have decided to make more and more profit for the company and myself. I must make my company permanently profitable. I think you would support me and look forward to your reply. Best regards, Jason O. Do you think his real name is Jason O or did he Americanize it? Well, I don't think his first name is Jason. I, I'll tell you what's impressive is uh, is that someone's embracing profit first in a market that is substantially different than the U.S. And uh, maybe this speaks somewhat to the power of profit first in that it, it's malleable and you can you can use it because the principle applies to any economy. It's the pay yourself first principle just applied to business. And we introduce, of course, other facets as the envelope system and so forth. But I love that here's someone that's discouraged because of, of the struggle they're having. And I think what I'm reading in this note from Jason is that overnight he has not maybe become profitable, but he's brought back that profit consciousness, which brings about confidence. And I think that courage, that confidence can happen overnight when you commit to something. I also just on a global aspect think, you know, China is is the superpower. The U.S. is is a contender, but uh, I think China is going to get only more and more powerful. And I love to see inter- the international community, from my perspective, the international community embracing this because then then profit first can be of service to the global economy. If the superpower of the world doesn't embrace something like this, it's very hard for it to become prevalent. And the fact that uh, at least one guy in China, and I get many more from China, but but the fact he's embracing it makes me very hopeful that Profit First will serve our global economy for the foreseeable future. Exactly. And, you know, I mean, just a real quick for our listeners, remember, there's only two ways to increase your profitability. That is to increase your margin and decrease your expenses, which I'm sure Jason has started to do, which has helped him get his motivation back because he's starting to see some change in his business. Our next email says, hello, I'm from Iran with a like hands up. Okay. Emoji. (laughs) I drew a line in the sand, Fatima A. So um, we are global here with Profit First for sure. Yeah. And you know, shout out to my friends in Iran. So I get emails from Iran occasionally and the people I've had dialogues with, you know, the Persian community is just such a great community in, uh, in, in their desire and willingness to learn and also share with their brethren throughout the country or throughout the world. It happens to be that my, effectively my sister-in-law is Iranian. And it's just, it's just great to hear in the Middle East that Prophet First is getting traction too. So Fatima, crush it. We, the world is starving for your success. If you're listening in, the world is starving for your success. Get out there and make yourself profitable. So do you want me to read this next one? Because I can already see you blushing. Sure. <laughs> so <laughs> this came in from Kyle R. Simple and to the point. He says, hey, Mike, committed as fuck. <laughs> Kyle R. You know, when I got that, I just I smiled ear to ear. I was, I was brimming. Like, I love that our listeners of Prop First Nation, the readers of the book, present themselves as who they really are, that we don't have to put on this air. And, and maybe this is stretching it, but I think Profit First is appropriate for any community, any country, any economy, but also any style. And 
Kyle's style resonates with me, and I hope uh, Profit First resonates with Kyle. And let's just squeeze these last two in real quick. So first, Mike, I am fully committed to profitability. My business partner and I are in the beginning stages of launching our company. Man, am I glad we got our hands on your book prior to launching. He has another company where it has been managed the traditional way. I've seen the struggles he's gone through by prioritizing massive growth over everything and don't want to get anywhere near there. Although he's built up to almost $250,000 per year, he still holds other jobs to supplement his income. For this reason, we decided reading Profit First would be our prerequisite to launching the company. You have encouraged me to take the jump into becoming an entrepreneur, a profitable one at that, and I am forever grateful. Kind regards, Cody B. You know what's awesome about Cody, Danielle, is that Cody learned through observation, saw this business partner and the struggles that that business partner was having, and is making adjustments in his own business, their collective business, based upon observations of someone else. That's rare. You know, that, that's like saying, like, I'm going to quit smoking because I saw other people get sick. That is rare. Sadly, it's, it's when you had the heart attack that you say, oh my gosh, smoking can hurt me too. So I just want to acknowledge, Cody, great way to look down the road with, uh, with the consequences of not implementing profit first or some kind of system ensuring profitability. I'm really impressed that Cody's doing this. Cody's going to be very successful. And, and the partner, the two of them are going to be very successful, in my opinion. Okay, so this last one came in from Joshua Jantz. Hi, Mike. Just started reading Profit First. I'm committed to profitability, exclamation mark. I will do what it takes to once and for all become permanently profitable. Thanks for making this system available to help us out. Joshua Jantz. Well, Joshua, I got to say this. You are welcome. Congratulations on your commitment. And I love, Danielle, that Joshua just just trusted the book and the process of and what we're doing just to reach out. I, I wonder how many people read the book and don't make the effort of reaching out. Like, oh, this is gimmicky, or I don't want to talk to the author, or what if you know, I'm embarrassed, or God forbid he answers. I think the public declarations are the biggest way to enforce a behavior, to start a behavior, to tell someone else you're doing something. So I just love that, Joshua. And, and everyone else that, that sends me an email, I appreciate you doing that. I hope it serves you. And it's not too late. If you have read the book three months ago and have already started implementing it, let us know, connect with us. You can send an email to mike at mikemichalowitz.com at any time. And you can also submit questions to us on the podcast and anything else that you'd like us to cover just email us at hello at ProfitFirstNation.com. Cheers to another profitable day, my entrepreneurial friend. Profit First Nation website, related podcasts, and resources are provided for general information purposes only and do not constitute accounting, legal, tax, accounting, or other professional advice. Visitors should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. 